Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of 2 Samuel. The book of 2 Samuel and chapter number 13. The book of 2 Samuel and chapter number 13. We're going through the life and ministry of David. And as we're going through here, we understand that the book of 2 Samuel is a book of consequences. It is a book that lists the consequences of sin and actions and you could see the consequences as they double over and they roll over and they, they continue to spread out. Where do the consequences come from? Where's the source of this? Well we understand that David sinned with Bathsheba. That led to the idea of the death of Uriah as a consequence of that sin. Later on, you had the confrontation with Nathan the prophet, which led to the writing of Psalm 51. But during the conversation with Nathan, uh, with Nathan the, the confrontation, that David himself pronounced a fourfold judgment. This judgment is going to come to pass, and you're going to see it blossom in David's family. Nathan had pointed out that the sword would never leave David's house. And we see the first fold judgment that occurred was the death of the baby between David and Bathsheba. And what we're going to hit this morning is another consequence. It's not going to be the end consequence, but it is going to be a consequence of David's actions. And with this most important message, this life-changing message, turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of 2 Samuel chapter number 13. The book of 2 Samuel chapter number 13, and if you don't mind, let's pick it up in verse number 1. 2 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 1, the Bible says this, and it came to pass after this, that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister, whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell in love, or fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he said to him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Will thou not tell me? And Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come, and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it, and eat it at her hand. So Amnon lay down, and made himself sick. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, I pray thee, take 
Tamar, or let Tamar, my sister, come and make me a couple cakes in my sight that I may eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was laid down. And she took flour and kneaded it, and made the cakes in his sight, and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Out, have out all the men from me. And they went out every man from him. And Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the meat into the chamber that I may eat of thy hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, Come lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly, and I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? As for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Howbeit he would not hearken to her voice. But being stronger than he, she forced her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he had hated her was greater than the love wherewith he loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other which thou didst unto me. And he would not hearken unto her. And he called his servant that ministered unto him and said, Put now this woman out from me and bolt the door after her. And she had a garment of diverse colors upon her, and with such robes that were the king's daughters that were virgin apparelled. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garment of diverse colors that were on her and laid her hand on her head and went out crying. And Absalom, her brother, said unto her, Hath Amnon thy brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, thy sister. He is thy brother. Regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible in this terrible, awful passage, mark a phrase that we find in 2 Samuel chapter 13. 2 Samuel chapter 13, and notice with me in verse number 3, a phrase that I want drilled into your head, a phrase that we're going to say over and over and over but Amnon had a friend. But Amnon had a friend. But Amnon had a friend. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And Lord, I'm just asking that you would just put special punk power and special unction in this message today. Lord, that we may be able to help someone, guard someone, protect someone from awful consequences of sin. I'm asking that you would just give me wisdom and discernment. Help me to say the things that I ought to say and stay away from things that I should not say. Help it to be everything that is done to be used for your glory and honor, to be changed people's lives, to help people. Lord, I'm just saying I need you. I'm begging you, Lord, the rest I know how I surrender myself to you, my thoughts, my ambitions, my goals, my desires, what I want to see done and accomplished. I give that to you. Fill me with your precious spirit now, Lord. You get your own work accomplished. You change lives. You do something in someone's life because of this message to guard them and keep them closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. 
There are a few passages in the Bible that are awful. This is one of them. This is one of those passages that should bring people to tears to think about the awful tragedy. And the worst thing that happened is that this happened within the home. You know, we all get worried sometimes about the world on the outside. Where it's the world in the inside of the home that can be just as filthy and just as dangerous. If you don't mind, there's a couple of principles I want to draw out from this passage here to be a help. The first thing we understand is Amnon thought it hard to do anything. The first thing I'd like to show you is the idea that Amnon thought it hard to do anything. Notice with me in verse 1. And it came to pass after this that Absalom the son of David had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon the son of David loved her. Now this was private. This is in her mind. He, he had a crush on his sister. It isn't right, but he kept it within him. Verse number two. And Amnon was so vexed, he was thinking about her, and he fell sick for his sister Tamar. He was, he was so thinking about her so much that he was sick within himself. But, notice this. And Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. So, even though he may have had the thoughts... He was stopped. There were certain things that he would not do. This is one of them he wouldn't do. And there were several reasons, by the way, why he, it stopped him. It prevented him to do. Well, what would keep Amnon from doing this horrible thing? Well, first of all, it was because Amnon had a father. Amnon had a father. Who was his father? It was David. The king of Israel. David, the sweetest psalmist in all of Israel. David, the one that everyone knew had a close relationship with God. How can I do this sin knowing who my father is? The idea of who his father was. It kept him from doing this horrible thing. It's the one that kept him from acting upon his thoughts. What else kept him from acting upon this? Well, Amnon had training in the word of God. Amnon had training in the word of God. He had training in the law. It was the word of God that stopped him. The Bible says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Amnon knew what the Bible said. He knew what the Bible said. And that kept him from doing anything about this. Amnon had a conscience. Amnon had a conscience. There are certain things that we know is right and wrong. This is one of the things where he knew it was wrong. He knew it was something he shouldn't do. That's why he kept it to himself. That's why he kept it there. He knew it was wrong. And just knowing that it was wrong was enough that it kept him from acting on this. So he had a father. He had training in the word of God. He had a conscience. He also had a good name. Up to this time, Amnon was a good boy. Up to this time, he was, he was the preacher's kid, basically. He was David's kid. He had a good name. He had a good reputation. There was nothing marked that he had done wrong or evil up to this place. The Bible talks about in Proverbs 21.1 that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver or gold. A good name is something special. A good name is something special. You know, I could, I could live my life for 20, 40, 50, 60 years and do everything that's right. But one moment could ruin everything. So for Amnon, <laughs> Amnon thought it was hard to do anything. He had a thing for his sister. It was in his mind, but he wasn't going to act on it. Why not? Because he had a father. His, the idea that his father, of who his father was, kept him from this. But Amnon had a friend. 
Why wouldn't they, uh, Amnon do this? Well, he knew what the Bible said. He had training in the word of God. But Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a conscience. He knew there was things right and wrong. He knew this was wrong. But Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a good name. He had been doing what was good and doing what was right. But Amnon had a friend. Which brings me to the crux of the message. Amnon had a friend. The second thing is Amnon had a friend. Notice what it describes in verse number 3. So it said that in verse 2 that, that Amnon thought it hard to do anything. He may have had this in his mind, but he wasn't going to act on it. He, he thought it would be hard to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab. By the way, who was Jonadab? He was the son of Shimei, David's brother. This is his first cousin. It was someone he had a relationship with. It was his first cousin. They had developed a friendship. But Amnon had a friend. But notice as it describes Jonadab at the end of verse 3. Jonadab was a very subtle man. But Amnon had a friend. You see, Amnon was, had his countenance down. He's thinking about his sister. His friend knew what was going on. Knew something was up with him and said, tell me what's going on. What are you thinking about? So Amnon says, I love my sister, but I, I, I'm not supposed to do anything about it. And you know what Jonadab did? Jonadab said, here, this is what you need to do. You need to go tell your dad that you're sick. When your dad comes and checks on you, say, please, can you send Tamar? She'll take care of me. Let her bake a cake. And that way, when she comes, you go ahead and have the room all to yourself and you do whatever you feel right. Amnon had a friend. Amnon wouldn't have done anything, but he had a friend. You understand a principle that we have to understand? Is that you are, or you will soon be, what your friends are. The friends that you have, you go ahead and show me your friends, and I will tell you who you are or who you soon will be like. Your friends influence you. Your friends make you more like themselves. But Amnon had a friend. How do I know that? Because the Bible says so. The Bible says in Amos 3.3, 3, How can two walk together unless they be agreed? If two people are going to have a friendship and they're going to walk together, they're going to have a, a thing where they're walking beside each other, doing the same things, hanging out with each other. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? You will become more like them all the time. The Bible talks about in the book of Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20. He that walketh with wise men will be wise. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You show me who your friends are. And I'll show you what you either are or what you will become. Your friends influence you and make you more like them. This is why we have to encourage people to pick good friends. Because your friends will influence you. Let's say that we go over to the bar. Later on today and you got a drunkard that's sitting in the bar stool. And you go in and say, tell me about your first drink. What do you want to know? How'd you start your first drink? Well, me and my friends were hanging out. It began with a friend. You ask someone who's addicted to smoking, hey, tell me about your first smoke. 
Well, me and my friends were hanging out. It was because of their friends. You talk to someone who's addicted to drugs. Where did you get involved with drugs? When was your first taste? When was your first dose? I was with some friends. It's your friends that influence you. And your friends will influence you towards the bad things. Your friends that will pressure you and encourage you to do that which was wrong. But Amnon had a friend. He was doing right. He may have had something in his mind. But Amnon had a friend. And because Amnon had a friend, it made him do do some things he normally would not have done on his own. Why would anybody take drugs? Nobody takes drugs because they're by themselves and bored. I want to try this out. They have a friend that influences them. It's a friend that convinces them. That's why we must guard our friendships. Because you tell me who your friends are, I will tell you who you either are or will soon become. But Amnon had a friend. Jonadab was shady, so Amnon becomes shady. Jonadab was subtle, So uh, Amnon became subtle. Jonadab was perverted. So Amnon became perverted. Jonadab was sickening in his brain. So Amnon became sick in his brain. Jonadab was filthy. So Amnon became filthy. You show me your friends. And I will show you who you will soon become. It's always amazing. You could drop a teenager into any group and within 21 days, that teenager will find his group. He'll find it. Within 21 days, they got radar sense. They know who they belong with. Like attracts like. If a girl, a teenage girl is spiritual, she'll go away from the carnal friends and she'll find the spiritual people in the group. If a group, if a girl is carnal, she'll bounce off those carnal girls and she'll, or uh, spiritual girls and she'll go to the carnal girls. Like attracts like. You take someone that comes into a church, within 21 days, they will find the people that they're like. Like attracts like. <clears throat> you show me your friends and I'll show you where your heart is looking. But Amnon had a friend. But Amnon had a friend. And because Amnon had a friend, Amnon became like that friend. Inside of a church, ladies that hang around other ladies that are critical will soon become critical if they're not already. You take someone and let them hang around someone that's rejoicing and praising and happy, you'll find someone that becomes praising, rejoicing, and happy. Your friends influence you. Your friends will uh, make you more like them. Critical friends will have critical friends. Spiritual friends will have spiritual friends. Like attracts like. Your friends will dictate in who you're supposed to be. Parents, you need to know who your friends are. You need to know or who, who your kids' friends are. All parents need to know who their friends are, what their names are. You need to know what their parents do. You need to know where they go to church at. 
if a parent can't tell that about their children's friends, that child is in danger. I'm trying to be practical help. We need to be involved. We need to know these things because we need to guard them from their friends. There are sometimes as a parent, you have to say, no, you can't be friends with them. Maybe try to explain, but you understand that you can't let them continue on. Why? The power of a friend is more powerful than the influence of a parent. The power of a friend is more powerful than the influence of a pastor. That once that friend is bonded, what happens is that the person wants to do everything to get the approval of their friend. They will change what they do, how they speak, how they dress in order to get the approval of their friend. They're now catering that friend. That friend will act as a governor in that person's life. They will evaluate that friend. (laughs) They'll do everything they can to get the approval of that friend. So it doesn't matter what the parents say. The approval of that friend is more important. That's why we have to guard the friends. But Amnon had a friend. Amnon was not planning on doing anything. But it was for his friend who was a very subtle man. Who convinced Amnon to do that which was wrong. You understand. You don't just join up with a friend. You join up with all the people associated with that friend. That person that you hang out with may not be as bad, quotes, but they have a friend that's dragging them down. And you'll get dragged down too. It's that associations, that influence. The spiritual people will never pull up the carnal people. But the carnal people always pull down the spiritual people. Why? Because carnality is our common influence. Every one of us have some carnality inside of us. That base. And so you are not going to help someone. All the time we hear, oh, but I could change him. You will not change him. He will change you. That influence of a friend. You've got to guard where they're at. If they're not spiritual, they're not going to become spiritual because they hang around you. You will be worse off when it's all said and done. You will become like them. There's a lot of horror stories we could tell you. I have a preacher who I knew who was preaching out. As he went to a church, he was for the first time. As he began to preach, he noticed in the back row there was a man, a young man who was very well dressed. But in the middle of the message, the young man started going, in the middle of the message. And of course, the preacher is kind of looking. Uh, Some people are ignoring the young man. Other people are staring at him. At the end of the message, or at the end of the service, the the pastor of the church came to the visiting preacher and said, did you see that young man in the back? Did I see him? Who couldn't? He said, that's my son. He goes, what's going on? He said, my son was a very good boy. But he went out with some friends once and they convinced him to take a drug. And that drug fried his brain. The doctors say that he has a mind of a three-year-old and it will be that way for the rest of his life. For one time of taking drugs. He was a good boy. That one time those friends influenced him to do what was wrong. The influence of a friend. The influence of a friend. 
You tell me who your friends are. I'll tell you who either you are or who you are going to become. But Amnon had a friend. But Amnon had a friend. You understand that peer pressure is such a big deal. You take someone who <coughs> they're trained by their dad how to drive a car, right? This is what you do and you always need to stay within the speed limits. Pay attention to the sign. Teach them all the good things about driving. The one time he gets in the car with his friends, start getting up on the road and his friends said, come on, now it's time to open this thing up. Come on, open it up. Let's see how fast it can go. All the cars need to clean out their pipes. Come on, let's go. But I can't. My dad told me not to. Oh, come on. You must be a daddy's boy. Mama, come on. We all love our daddy, but come on. You're supposed to do what? I can't. You know, no one could withstand pressure of that for 20 minutes. They'll cave, they'll give in and they want to appease their friends. And their friends will get them in trouble because they had a friend. Because they had a friend. But Amnon had a friend. Even me as a pastor, I guard my friends. I guard my pastor friends who I hang out with. Because there's some pastors that are too critical. If I hang out with them, I'm going to become critical. I don't want to do that. There are some pastors who swing too far. They don't stay on where the Bible is. Sometimes they swing too far to the other direction. They're not liberal. They go over here and they don't have a biblically defensible position. And what happens, that can influence me to be off where the Bible says. I even have to guard my friends because who your friends are will tell you either who you are or who you soon will become. But Amnon had a friend. Girls, who's your boyfriend? Who's your boyfriend? Who's that person? He will influence you for the rest of your life. You need to guard who your boyfriends are. Who you're planning on seeing. Because sometimes they have different motives than you. And you're not going to change them. Boys, who is your girlfriends? Who are you trying to please? You understand there's something about a relationship that you will change in order to please them. Even if you're wrong. Who are your friends in the books that you read? That will influence who you are. Who are your friends in the music you listen to? Music will dictate what you are. Rock and roll has rebellion in it. You listen to enough of that, it will change how you think and change how you respond. Country music, with its sensual and its sadness, you listen to enough of that, it will change how you think and how you respond. Music affects who we are. Contemporary Christian music that's the wrong form that will affect you and how you see God and give you a wrong vision of God, which is probably the worst things that could happen. You have to guard these influences in your life. But Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a friend. If you don't mind, let's look at the results of this. So we start off that Amnon thought it was hard to do. He wasn't going to do it. He may have had something in his mind, but he wasn't going to act on it. But Amnon had a friend. When it's all said and done, what happens? As you look at this, the plan went off. Jonadab had told Amnon exactly how to do this. Just pretend like you're sick. Have your dad come and check up on you and say, what can I do for you? Send my sister to take care of her. David thought there was nothing wrong with that. Sure, sister, go take care of your brother. She came in, she made him a cake, she kneaded it, she, she baked it and made it all ready, was ready to feed him. He called the guards away. She takes it and 
gives it to him and he puts away the cake and grabs her by force. Twice she begs him off. Twice she begs him that what he is doing is wrong. Notice with me in 2 Samuel chapter 13. Notice in verse 12. She begs him off. She answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not, ha- uh, do not this folly. And I, whither, what, co- uh, what shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. She's begging him off. Please don't do this. There's consequences. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And he ignored her. Then later on, when he gets mad, he looks at her, and because of, uh, of his love was wrong. By the way, this isn't true love. This is awful, filthy, wicked. When it's all said and done, he looks at her, and because his love wasn't right in the first place, it changed and it turned to hate. He now hates himself for what he did, and his hate's now taken off on his sister, and he kicks her out of the house. She begs him off again in verse number 16. And she said to him, there is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other that thou didst to me. But he would not hearken to her. She's tried to beg him off. She's tried to, 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 uh, to yeah, do anything, to tell him not to do this. And he did it anyways. So she's kicked outside. The king's daughters all had a, a coat of diverse colors given to them to show that they're a virgin, to show their purity. And she goes outside and puts ashes on her head and a sign of mourning. And she rips that cloak. She's no longer pure. She rips it, publicly humiliated. She goes back to her brother Absalom and Absalom says, I'll take care of you. And for the rest of her life, she deals with the consequences. For the rest of her life, because the influence of a friend, Tamar's life is ruined. Because of the influence of a friend, she never marries. Because of the influence of a friend, she never fell in love. Because of the influence of a friend, she never had children. Because Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a friend. Not only her, but Amnon's defiled. Amnon, just like she said, is a fool now. Everyone's going to talk about it. Everyone looks at him differently. Everything's changed. And because of Amnon's action, there's going to be a rift inside of the family that will never be repaired. The consequences are so horrible because of Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab and Jonadab was a very subtle man. Amnon had a friend. This is a true story. There were two boys who had driven their car to go pick up a young lady. And the dad met him outside and said, listen, you might as well drive on because my daughter is not going with you. Not today, not next week, not ever. She's never going with you. You need to leave the house and never come again. Well, those boys got so mad and sick with that dad that they peeled off and just drove away. Well, they turned around. The driver was so upset. How dare that dad. And he came back and drove past that man's house and said, hey, you blankety blank and just said all kinds of vicinities as he drove by the house. And he did that several times going back and forth and back and forth yelling at this man. Well, they drove on for a while and they found another friend. And (laughs) for safety's sake, we'll just call him Frank. They drove by and said, Frank, get in. And Frank was a good boy. 
Frank had tried to do everything was right, but he had a friend. And his friend said, hey, come on in. Frank says, what are we doing tonight? Well, our plans have changed. We're gonna, we were going to plan on doing something, but we've changed things. Why don't you hop in and, and we'll go, go find a good time. Well, the man who was driving <coughs> was still upset. Frank, uh, the other friend stepped out, let Frank get right in the middle of the two boys, closed the door. And the driver said, you know what, I'm going to go make another pass by that old man's house. And I'm going to let him know what he thinks. So they drove by the other man's house. And they went by and didn't see the man, but they yelled obscenities. But they did not see as the man was hiding behind a bush with a 30-06. He had enough of them yelling obscenities all throughout the night. And he was going to do away with them. So he takes his gun and shoots. Wouldn't you know, it hit Frank. Frank immediately fell over, dead before he fell into the seat, blood running into the car. He had nothing to do with it, but he had a friend. He had a friend. Now Frank is dead because of what his friends had done. You understand your friends influence you and can cause you great harm and great danger and put you in places that you would never think of doing by yourself. But Amnon had a friend. But Amnon had a friend. Let me tell you about my friend. I had a friend that the people hated. And they put a bag over his head. They lined him up and they punched him in the face, hit him so hard. You couldn't even recognize that he was a man anymore. They took his beard and just ripped it out of his face. Chunks of flesh came out. They took my friend and they put him in the midst of a square. And they took a big whip that had nine straps to it. And they whipped his back. Ripped it open. Till it looked like hamburger meat. And then they took my friend and brought him to a hill. And put him up on the cross. And there my friend died. And while my friend is dying. He looks at me and says this. Is how much. I love you. And I have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I have a friend who loved me so much. That he died on the cross for me. To give me forgiveness of sins. And you understand. You tell me who your friends are. I'll tell you. Who you either are. Or who you will become. I have a friend named Jesus. And the more that I hang out with him, the more that I'll become like him. You understand? Our friends are so important. You may think that your friends aren't so bad when everyone else is saying, yes, they are. You need to listen to them because your friends will determine who you will become. But there's a friend that you need to know about. That the more that you spend time with him, the more that he'll change you from the inside out. The more that he'll influence you to become the person that you ought to be. There's a friend that loves you so much that he died on the cross for you. This man named Jesus. That's the friend you ought to have. That's the friend you ought to be with. But Amnon had a friend. His name was Jonadab. Jonadab was a very subtle man. But Amnon had a friend. 
Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.